In February, Spurs lost consecutive home league games against which two teams? Brighton, Southampton. It's no, Burnley, Southampton. No, no, no. Brentford, Southampton. No, no, they're no, all right. no, no. Wolves, no, Southampton. Wolves, Southampton. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Plus Dave podcast. That's right. It is a huge day. Spurs have done it. We got over the line. We got fourth place on the last day of the season. And what's more is that we have four very happy football fans here today, including Dave, who is not going to be in the championship next season. Dave, congratulations. What a day. What a day of football. Don't we just love this sport? Yeah, I haven't heard that song for a long time, but but yeah, it's uh, nice memories it's, though. Yeah, yeah, great great memories of what was, and hopefully we can challenge for a top four place next season to dare to dream. Yeah, but, but no, it's um, I'm shattered. I'm shattered by this yeah. season. Tired. I want to go to bed. Not because of the podcast, but just because <laughs> of what has happened over the last nine months for Leeds United. Absolutely, so I'm relieved now, and I can sleep, and then we can go again. Well, look, I think I speak on behalf of all of us and on behalf of football, to be fair, if I may be so bold in saying that we're all glad that Leeds have stayed up, particularly at the expense of Burnley, because that's going to make for a much better season next year, isn't it? So all that to look forward to. But yeah, it's been an absolutely mad day, mad title race in the end and both ends of the table or up and down the country. There's been some crazy games. And obviously the most important one for us was that top four spot, which we ended up making look a little bit easy in the end. But we're going to talk about that game, a lovely 5-0 thumping at Norwich. Arsenal, despite their best efforts couldn't catch us up but we're going to talk about that and we're going to have a little look back across the season as well and just talk about some of our standout performers and look ahead to next season see how it's going to be then and do a bit of a preview as well so and all the usual features of course and uh, speaking of the usual features I have alongside me two other guests Elio and Joe who return for what will be our season finale this year so it's going to be a big one let's make sure we drive it home for our listeners Elio welcome back to the final episode of the show and you've made it to every single one how are you feeling today? I'm the reason we've got fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you predicted third, may I remind you? I did predict third. In, we were only three points off in the end, so I, oh. I don't think that was that outlandish prediction. Who knows? Had we had a manager all season, then it might have even come to fruition. Obviously, Nuno was in charge and we were top of the league when I made that prediction. However, mm. not going to... <laughs> semantics. Not Yeah, yeah, semantics, but not going to complain. Really happy with how it's ended up. This might be a bad time to say, I think the Champions League music is really overrated. I don't oh, think how dare that. you? How d- someone back me. <laughs> up here joe joe tell elio he's wrong no i i like the theme yeah it's a good thing for me unlike city fans i don't boo it <laughs> oh well let, we <laughs> all better be get used to, to it, it okay because we're going to hear it at least what six more times well hopefully a few more times but anyway we'll get onto that in a little bit but so no what a game what a game and joe i trust you are watching very closely for all five of those lovely goals actually i've got to be honest i started getting distracted by the leeds game yeah oh same. understandable Maybe it was arrogance, but once we were 3-0 <laughs> up, um, Leeds became my priority. Yeah. And unfortunately, Brentford couldn't do the job <laughs> and send them down. So, no, obviously delighted that Leeds stayed up. But yeah, we'll, we'll get on to the game. I, I, I don't know if it's just not sunk in that we got fourth mm. or if it was just a bit of an anti-climax, but I'm strangely calm right now. I don't know about you guys. Anti-climax? We won 5-0, Joe. What more do you want? It just felt easy. 
That's never were the you way. hoping for some last minute drama where we were losing? No, no, <laughs> no. That's exactly the point. I wanted it to be like this today, and yeah. it, it was exactly how I hoped it would go. I think there was a sense of in our minds it was almost done already, wasn't it? I think we were perhaps allowing ourselves to get a little bit cocky, despite our better judgment. But look, we're not Spursy anymore. Spursy isn't really a thing, is it? Elio, we were talking before the podcast. You were saying it's time to retire the word Spursy and hand it over to the other side of North London. Give it to yeah, abs- absolutely. I think given that they hail from Woolwich, they should <laughs> henceforth be known as Woolly. And <laughs> you look up Woolly in the dictionary, you see the ability to be many points ahead with games in hand, with three games remaining of the season, mm-hmm. and still end up finishing behind Spurs. Woolly. Absolutely. And Mickey has a degree, doesn't he? Mickey Hazard does agree. He <laughs> liked my retweet of his tweet today where I described them as Willie. So I'm, that's two great social media interactions I've had. I am on a roll. A like from Mickey Hazard, Paul Coit, yeah. who is royalty at Spurs, actually commenting with a laughy emoji on my tweet about his track record since returning to Spurs this yeah. season. I, I think considering I've got not even three figures worth of followers, I'm pretty pleased with that. I was going to say, I think that's how you know you've made it, Elio. Maybe it's time for me to hand the reins of the admin of the official plus Dave account over to you because you obviously know what you're doing you're getting attention from the right people well Mickey if you're listening I know you never miss an episode then thanks for liking Elio's retweets earlier and I hope you enjoyed the game along with all of us and speaking of Twitter we actually just hit a big milestone on Twitter so thank you for all of our followers and we've now managed to get up to the 1000 mark so absolutely incredible thank you to all of you who follow us and I hope you're enjoying the content and of course thank you to all of our listeners we have now had more and more listeners than ever and in fact our last episode right after the Arsenal game was our most popular episode to date and that's absolutely brilliant to see perhaps not a surprise given the result in the opponent but it was the most downloaded episode we've had since we started so huge thank you from all of us that's great to see um let's talk about the football shall we because we better get going we've got five goals to talk about five goals Dave that I know you've just frantically watched because you were otherwise I was doing something else yeah yeah you you were busy yeah it's understandable I mean normally I criticize you but I think I'll let you off this week so you've seen the goals got a favorite only out of two really isn't it um well yeah I guess it is only out of two in terms of Kulisevsky's and Son's but I did I, I, I shout it out right at the start I thought Krull's mistake was one thing but Ben Tancor's mm. cross for Kane oh, was instinctive. absolutely instinctive pinpoint absolutely brilliant mm. uh, like that's that was class that was class and his second assist of the game as well if I'm not mistaken yeah he yeah the first he kept one his call in the first one didn't he back, uh, to pull it back yeah. to Kulsevsky to Kulsevsky yeah. yeah very good two good January signings if only we'd have done that wow <laughs> I mean yeah not bad is it Elio talk me through the game I mean what more can you say 5-0 all the front three on target was it as comfortable as it looked yes um, absolutely <laughs> I think like we alluded to before it was it was strange in how sort of lacking in nerves the whole thing was. And the whole week, to tell you the truth. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, even I got a bit nervous at the end last night when I was mulling things over and thinking, oh, what if Spurs mess up in the dead yeah. rubber of a game? However, I think this is what Conte has brought us. He's mm. actually got us feeling like when we need to do something we're going to do it and that's what happened that's what happened and I think I think the composure the players showed like 
whether it's Benton Coy in the incident Dave just alluded to, or whether it's Son after a couple of near misses for for tying Salah in the Golden Boot race, then getting probably his goal with one of the more frenetic opportunities he had, and then that absolute beauty at the end as well. I think it really shows how far this side have come mm. under Conte, and I see a lot of players there that... I previously wouldn't have thought would have the metal for Conte's expectations, but mm. at least if we're talking about fourth as a ceiling, a lot of them have proven that wrong. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we joked earlier, but that's exactly what he's done. He's taken the Spursy elements out of it, and we we are no longer Spursy, and I no longer get as nervous as I used to. I think it's a weird one, though, isn't it? Because there's a kind of a horseshoe thing about it, where the more the more calm I am, the more I start to second guess myself and think, hmm, this could go really badly. <laughs> Why am I not more nervous? And that makes me nervous, and back and forth, and whatever. And it was the same with the Arsenal game. I remember before that, you said to me, "You nervous?" And I was like, "No." And every hour that went past, you said, "Oh, how about now? Nervous now? No, not at all." Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good way to be but either way it seems to be working um joe were you nervous at any point you said earlier if i'd been anticlimactic when did you know it was done when did you know fourth is secured two nil really i just thought norwich looked awful and low energy and didn't want to be in the premier league anymore (laughs) like it i just thought i can't see them coming back to win three two i must admit when their fans were cheering although to be honest i think our fans were louder but when you started hearing the fans at the beginning i started thinking about newcastle in their last home game against arsenal and thinking i hope they don't suddenly pick today to find the performance but that was early on and obviously the early goal settled those nerves a little bit anyone nervous after the lasagna gate strikes back rumors started to circulate were we thinking we're going to have another few players out with food poisoning or did nobody buy that my instinct now is to go to elio immediately Mm. because he shuts down so much crap that comes into our whatsapp group that i now never believe anything at face value anymore so (laughs) elio's become my filter i i basically just text Elio now and go do I believe this the problem is it kills my dreams I see a rumour of a player that we're going to sign I get all excited and I put it in the group and Elio immediately is like nope load of rubbish this guy doesn't know what he's talking about oh he could have let me you know have fun with that for 10 minutes at least but but no that's why he's our favourite second hand in the know Elio, you weren't convinced, were you? I was not, and I think Mr. Lineker, to my (laughs) mind, I mean, this has been brewing for a few years, ever since he was so patently supporting Leicester in the title race between us and them all those years back. But Mr. Lineker has now solidified his place, joining his Mancunian namesake (laughs) in the Cockwomble Club. Um, I I wasn't a fan anyway, which is a shame, considering how brilliant Spurs career he had. Mm. But now I just think the guy is just yet another other attention-seeking media wanker. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that then, shall we? So Kulisevsky scored the first goal, was off to a really good start. Then he was one-on-one and did really well to find himself with an open goal. And then we were just discussing this earlier. We're not really sure exactly what happened. We think he either fell over or, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, was he potentially looking for Hyun Son to try and tee him up for a golden boot securing goal? What do we think on that? I think he was. And I think that's why he stumbled over as well. So I don't think the miss was because he stumbled or the very soft shot was because he stumbled. I think he stumbled because he had an open goal to shoot at with his left, but to get it to Son, he had to use his right. And in manoeuvring to use his right, he ended up tripping himself up because it was a lot mm. to do in a very short space of time for a surprisingly nimble, but still rather large Swedish man. So <laughs> I do think that he was trying to give Sonny his goal, and I'm not sure our manager would have approved of that just 2-0. And, mm. and he tripped over and hit a very feeble ball towards the net in the end. 
In I fact, might be wrong, but I, that's what it looked like. I believe somebody in our WhatsApp group commented saying that Conte should punch him for that. It might have been yeah. you, Radio. <laughs> I, I stand by that. <laughs> well, in fairness, he did more than make up for it a few moments later, didn't he, Joe, with what a goal that was. I mean, it was, we said Gareth Bale-esque at the time. Yeah, I choose this one over Sons. Yeah. Uh, as good as Sons was, I, I just as soon as he struck it, you just you just saw that going all the way yeah. in. Uh, the bend is lovely. He was amazing today, mm. absolutely amazing today. That that, that tripping over a side, um, <laughs> but uh, no, that what, what a way to make up for it a few minutes later and mm. not get punched by Conte. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite. yeah, that's a win-win all round. Dave, I'm not sure if the highlights went as far as showing this, but Son was looking like he was going to be having one of those days up to the point where he did finally get his goal because obviously a lot of the talk before the game was about the golden boot and him being one behind Salah and he had a lot of chances and didn't take them I don't know if you saw but moments after missing a one-on-one he put the ball away and then obviously that lovely second goal of his which uh, you could hear the crowd urging him to shoot couldn't you yeah there was one missed opportunity which I think was the it was a bit of a scramble and a bit of a flap around between Son and Cruel that made it to Mm. the highlights but other than that it was just the goals to be honest too many goals you guys got too many goals it's difficult for Sky to get all this into two and a half minutes when when you're delivering such high quality stuff but yeah I mean it wasn't very Spursy was it it was very very efficient and like you guys have all just said I think it's testament to the work that Conte has done you know he said it would be a miracle Mm. and it's not a miracle but it's a job well done yeah I mean he probably needs to be in the conversation for coach of the season even though he wasn't there the whole time with what he's actually done fair enough there are a few standout managerial performances but if you look at how we've done since he came in Elio you mentioned earlier we nearly came third off the back of I think if you're talking about incoming managers yeah if you're talking about incoming managers I mean it's it's a toss-up isn't it between um, and Eddie Howe between it? him and Eddie Howe yeah it's, mm. uh, I mean Newcastle are third aren't they since the turn of the year mm. uh, which yeah. is incredible yeah. Um, we're probably not far behind and that gave me a lot of hope that they were going to turn Burnley over today and, and they did so good on them away the lads and all that we're all big fans of Newcastle yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all love Newcastle at the moment despite yeah some controversy around exactly, there exactly let's, let's cut it out yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah <laughs> it's a close call between Howe and, and Conte because I think Conte yeah. has Conte has done what what you guys all definitely hoped and what I assumed might be the case, which has really galvanized the team and turned it into, well, instead of a team of a talented team that has the potential to F up, a talented team mm. that has the potential to stay strong and deliver. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of similarities in the jobs they've done as well, in that they both took over teams that were in, in terms of squad quality, an absolutely false position. Newcastle were better than bottom of the table. We were definitely better than sort of eighth or ninth or whatever it was. We were a fourth, fifth place team floundering mid-table. They're a mid-table floundering at the bottom. So then I think the question you ask is, what's the more difficult job? Getting mediocre players performing poorly to get back to a mediocre level but actually an above mediocre level as it turned out to get that far Mm. or the same kind of equation with top sort of club quality players languishing in mid-table I think both are a trick of not just improving fitness and getting the tactics right whatever but actually instilling belief in those players and getting into their heads to remind them what they are and who they should be so so I actually think the jobs they've done are are remarkably similar I think how gets a lot of credit I really do I think without wanting to to be anything other than a a Conte cheerleader Eddie Howe I think what he's done with a Newcastle side that looked nailed on to go down at one point I think is 
remarkable. And it's not as if, yes, oil money and all that, but it's not as if they've gone yeah. and made ridiculous signings. That's they not brought been a factor in, yet. They, yeah, they brought in sort of players that are pretty much at Newcastle's level. It's not as if they, they went and got in uh, Erling Haaland in January. <laughs> At the time, because obviously Newcastle were down there with us, the worrying things about them in January was that they were signing, they were making sensible signings. And I was like, oh no, I didn't want this. I wanted them to sign the new Rocket Junior. <laughs> yeah, a, a Brazilian, a Brazilian yeah. hyped up Zif Devender had absolutely no idea what the Premiership was and how hard mm. it was going to be. I mean, mm. so they, they, bought, they bought Dan Byrne, who was, you know, a perfectly sensible, decent centre back. Um, you wanted QPR yeah. Mark II, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think they played it smart in the in the window, and well, the table doesn't lie there. Where did they even finish? Would they finish top half? Top half, I think eleventh. I think eleventh. Oh, I, I mean, wow. From twentieth. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Speaking of the table, Dave, do you remember where you predicted Spurs would finish earlier this season? No. You I said. think Dave said fifth. You nope. said fourth, no. and I said third. No, Dave, I think I, think Dave I said fourth. Sixth. No, Dave, you predicted sixth place. <laughs> Don't try that. Joe, you predicted fifth. So you were just out. Yeah. Elio, as we said earlier, predicted third. Pricey predicted seventh. So he's not allowed on next year. Okay. And well, do you know who predicted fourth? Me. Was it you? It was me. Yeah. Somehow I got something right. Yeah. A whole season say. of challenge Elio questions being wrong. And I, I predicted broken our season clock correctly. comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely a broken clock <laughs> kind of <laughs> situation for sure. Well, look, unless there's anything else in particular worth talking about in the Norwich game. I mean, it was a bit of a procession by the end. We've talked about the goals. It would be nice to go back and just talk about the season as a whole. And we are going to go through just for a bit of fun through some end of season awards and run through and pick things like our player of the season, goal of the season, all that kind of fun stuff. A lot of it's going to be pretty obvious, but we'll we'll work our way through but first of all just in a nutshell elio how would you sum up our season if someone just woke up from a coma and they <laughs> they missed the whole spurs season and they were a spurs fan they ran up to you and they're like quick what year is this elio what happened with spurs i missed the whole season how would you sum it up in a couple of minutes oh god that's that's not a lot of time Go. I, I'm you're wasting time already <laughs> Started okay with a lot of warning signs that it was a false dawn. Those warning signs came to fruition. We acted swiftly to remove a big part of the issue, brought in someone who knew what he was doing, backed him not just by bringing in some quality in the January window, but also removing players that we'd persisted with underperforming for far too long in Ndombele, Deli, Lo Celso, and then let him do what he does best which is make a football team win games and we did a lot of that in the second half of the season especially in that final kind of dozen games and ended up having a really really great season in the end compared to where a lot of Spurs fans expected us to and where it threatened to look at one point yeah absolutely emotional roller coaster of a season for me I think first season back in the crowds a lot of long journeys after matches that hadn't gone our way not just at the beginning but also towards the end of the season like the Brighton game for instance and and in the end we can all breathe and think hmm looking forward to August now I gave you two minutes. You did it in a minute and five. So very succinct. I'm impressed. And that was a really good summary of the season. So uh, if the same person then asked you who your player of the season was, who would you say and why is it Son Heung-min? Oh. <laughs> I mean, Son has been consistently world-class for the entire season yeah. with the goals he scored We've never from criticized the first him once. game. 
<laughs> well, quite. So he's definitely made us sort of reflect maybe on, I guess, a bit of... I think what we were doing was nitpicking ultimately. So let's learn a lesson from that. We won't, obviously, but let's try. Yeah. Um, there's other players who you could call player of the season, bizarrely enough. Uh, I mean, Loris has also been excellent from start to finish. Absolutely excellent, both when Spurs were poor and when they were really, really good. He's pulled out saves when we really needed him to as well. And I'd be surprised if he's not earned us a fair few points. Mm. Um, I think you have to look at the impact of some of the newer players like Romero, Benzincourt, Kulusevski, and the improvement of Eric Dyer as well. He's a bit unsung, but I think uh, he and Davis have both been absolutely wonderful. Mm. Various fullbacks in their own way have, or wingbacks or whatever they are, have proven doubters wrong at some point, but Son is the only smart answer, really. I mean, the guy has been phenomenal and he's been the saving grace when we weren't so good and he's been the reason why we were able to keep up with whoever was in fourth at the time, West Ham, Mm. Man United, Arsenal, and he's the reason we've done it in the end. I think from my perspective, the way I see it is, yeah, Son is probably our player of the season. I don't think many people would argue with that. Most teams have a standout performer. For Man City, it's De Bruyne. For Liverpool, it's Salah. And for Arsenal, it's Saka, probably. But when it becomes difficult is if you asked who is our second best player this season, because that's when all these names you've mentioned and a whole load come in. And that's really encouraging. The fact that it's hard to actually pick out who our second best player is, the numbers would suggest it's Harry Kane, but you know a lot of players have been involved. Speaking of Song Quigley, I, I, we've talked about him enough already, but why was he not included in that whatever award it was that just went to Kevin De Bruyne? Why was he not even nominated? Absolutely ridiculous stuff, wasn't it? The PFA are a ridiculous organisation who take money out of football under the guise of some player representing charity, yeah. but don't actually do anything for players with that, as shown by the horrendous level of mental health issues that go undealt with amongst footballers. Mm. And then they decide to raise their little banner to get attention once a year to have a player of the year contest and or in this case a fans player of the year whatever the hell that is and it's just a weird little popularity contest i mean did i see Foden on that list and yeah. uh i Great mean player but it's ridiculous yeah, comparison. But come on <laughs> he's not even their fifth I, best no. player Son isn't just a PFA or football writers worthy player of the year or fans player of the year or whatever. Son, in my opinion, just is flat out the player of the year in the Premier League Absolutely. this season. He has not had the team around him that the likes of De Bruyne, Salah, etc. Mm-hmm. have had. And he has been the one true difference maker at this end of the table in the Premier League this season. So, yeah, yeah um, I think... People be crazy. People do be crazy. And no matter what the record books say in years to come, I think it's safe to say Son Heung-min won the golden boot this year. I mean, they might have been level, but take penalties out. It's no competition. That's his, mm. his trophy. Joe, I imagine you probably wouldn't disagree with Son as our player of the season, but to take it in a different direction, who would you nominate as our unsung hero this year? Who has flown under the radar not had the praise he's deserved from the wider media or from Spurs fans? I mean, I feel like Lloris hasn't been talked about much Mm. this season and you just think how ridiculously consistent and reliable he's been all year. I can't really think of any terrible blunders from him. He's just been such a safe pair of hands for the old cliche. But one name that did come to mind when you asked us to think about this was was possibly Eric Dyer. Because, I mean, we never talk about him. And he's been, especially the second half of the season since Conte's come in, 
what a great yeah. job he's done in the middle of that back three. It's weird because we have started talking about him a little bit more the last couple of weeks. It's that whole paradox, isn't it? In the same way as when you're talking about players being underrated, you end up talking about them so much that they're no longer underrated. It's a bit like that. We've kind of noticed it towards the end of the season. Not that we've never mentioned him. I think it's safe to say we've we've been aware that Dyer has been one of our important players all season. But it's the fact that there's not really been much fanfare about him. And I think the fact that he's not been featuring in England squads for me is what probably hands him that particular award any other shouts on that front that you think might be worth maybe ben davies ben davies hasn't had quite enough fanfare from sky sports and the like this year all the talk i've heard is about who we're going to replace him with i think when you talk about our podcast i think we've talked about ben davies a lot this season i I think we've all said how surprised we've been at at how reliable and good he's been because i don't think we were particularly pleased to see he was becoming quite a clear regular starter but it's worked out really well. Elio, would you say Ben Davies is your biggest surprise of the season then to move on to that one? Would you say he's the one who's been the most pleasantly surprising? I guess if surprising in the context that he is largely underrated by Spurs fans. For me personally, I've always felt that Davies is a good sort of 7 out of 10 every match player. Yeah. I think in sixteen seventeen when we had that great season under Pochettino and were pipped by Conte's Chelsea... Davies came in for Rose as left wing back, played half the season as first choice and was absolutely superb in the role. I think he was the top assisting fullback in the league that season. So I think Davies is a player that you know what you're going to get with him in a good way. He doesn't let you down. I just think that he's a little bit unglamorous. He has a fairly straight-laced haircut. He he isn't particularly fast. He doesn't sort of give much by way of interviews. I I don't even know if he's on social media. He's not good on FIFA. So, So... Well, exactly. I mean, he's just not a glamorous player, Mm. but I think Ben Davies... Let's put it this way. If you told me that Spurs' plans this summer were to sign to succession plan for Davies with a good 21-year-old left centre-back who isn't quite ready, as opposed to buy a ready-made replacement for Ben Davies, I would think, you know what? Fair enough. He's earned earned that. Mm. But let's not get into the realms of thinking that this is our ceiling. We've got this far. Conte is going to want to start going for league titles next. And that means that there's a number of players, regardless of how long they've been with us, regardless of how well they've performed, that if there's an opportunity to improve on them, I reckon he'll be taking it with both hands. And that's Mm. no disrespect to any of the unsung heroes. To Leo, I'd consider an unsung hero. And I'd particularly say in respect of this podcast, and I'm going to point a massive finger at myself here, Pierre-Emile Hoyer, who I roundly said was not fit for Conte ball, was going to get caught out because of his lack of dynamism, his lack of agility. And you know what? The last sort of 10, 11 games, he's... He's been superb. He, I mean, Bentinka has yeah. been superb as well, but he's had a, had a couple of off games in there, whereas Hoybier has been consistently superb for a good, at least five games, I'd say close to 10. And, mm. and that's been pivotal for us. So I'll hold my hands up and say, this guy is better than I thought he was. And maybe sometimes it's just about trusting players to perform when they have the right kind of man trying to get them to perform. Pierre, you got an apology out of Elio, or as close to an apology as you're going to get. Congratulations. That's very well done. Dave, as an, well, out- son didn't get one. <laughs> yeah. as an outsider, uh, who surprised you the most now that you've been paying a little bit more attention to Spurs this season? Who were you not expecting to be that impressed by this year? Um, well, you know, you're still Tottenham Hotspur. You still spend, you know, £20 million on every single player that's on the pitch. They should all be good. Um, Harry Kane was free. 
Uh, I think Hurricane was free, yeah. I second Elio's comments about Hoybier. I think we all, even from my neutral stance, and it is a neutral stance, Dags, I didn't think so. he'd potentially be a square peg for a square hole for Conte yeah. ball. But, I mean, he's played 36 games in the Premier League this season. I think so, Which yeah. I think is the joint highest of an outfield player. 36 starts, anyway. Mm. So, he's obviously doing something right. And he's, you know, he's maybe that one player, the one or, one or two players that you need that is just consistently 7 out of 10 and yep. never lets you down. And he's just that thing that just keeps ticking in the middle. So, I think that's... Uh, yeah, I think Hoybier has, has defied our expectations. Other than that, I think... You know, we've talked about it quite a lot on the podcast, and I do agree that Kulisevsky has been a really, really impressive signing. Like, mm. the fact that you're going to pick him up for, what, 30 million euros now? Feels like, at most. Feels yeah. like an absolute steal mm. um, for a 21 year old European winger. So that's a good bit of business. And that's a really positive one and completes yeah. the trio up front. Yeah. I'd be shocked if you didn't start with Son, Kane, and Kulisevsky next season. So is he our signing of the season for you? over Benson Kerr and Romero. We can't include Conte in this, by the way. Um, I That's think, too easy. I think, I think so. I think you have to go on the on the impact of the bottom line, and the bottom line being the goals and the assists that he scored. And I don't mm. think you can argue with that. I, I, there is a case for all three of them. I think Romero is the best defender you have. Yeah. And I think uh, I think Bentenko adds a, a metronome-esque calmness to the midfield to an extent. But yeah, I'd have to say Kulisevsky. I think his end product has been... I think Conte is probably surprised at how, <laughs> how big his end product has actually been. Indeed, pleasantly surprised. Joe, who wins the Plus Dave Award for Colt Hero of the Year? I'm giving you a good <laughs> one. Hero. Mm, I hate that word. This is a good one. Um, I mean... There's only one winner for me. This is a tricky one. We'll go on then. Who, who is it for you? Surely it's, I know who surely it is it's Romero. Oh, I, it's not who I thought it's oh, you. No, not, it's Romero. That's not who Romero, I was thinking. I absolutely love him. I mean, the screaming in Maguire's face thing, he's just the character this guy has. And I just love how aggressive he is. I just love it. He, to me, he's the spiritual successor to Eric Lamella, but a much better footballer. What more can you say? Who else are you going to put forward? I just think, I just think he's a top-class player and just an actual yeah. hero for us as opposed to a cult hero. But yeah. you know my view on cult heroes. I do, I do. You don't think a good player can be a cult hero, but... I wouldn't necessarily no. agree with that, but it's a, it's a difficult one. Is it um, a separate classification in Football Manager, Cult Hero, and Legend? That's a good question. I think it is, isn't it? I think they have like they have they have um, they have icons, icons and legends, icons and legends, but they have cult heroes. On What's higher? Well. I don't think they have cult hero. I think they just have hero. I think they have yeah. icon, legends, hero, and one other that's kind of a popular. Favoured um, personnel. That's right. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Yeah, so he's yeah, icon higher than hero <laughs> in Football Manager. Is icon a level above? I think it's hero. Uh, sorry, icon. icon yeah. Hmm. Wow. We, we should have taken this well. into consideration when we did our Legends episode. We weren't all over the place. But, but anyway, best performance of the season. There are a few to choose from. Obviously, a couple that stand out. Maybe the other day might be the answer. We've got the Man City 3 2. We've got a couple of good games against Liverpool that we didn't win. Elio. Oh, best team performance, yeah, not best, individual. We'll do, we'll do both. We'll do both. They might be kind of one and the same, but what would you say was our best performance? What's the best you've seen Spurs play this year? 
I don't think it's necessarily the best football we've played in the game, but has to be the three 0 over Arsenal. Yeah. Like, it's not even worth discussing anyway. other games for me. Yeah. Uh, it's not just the result; it's the pressure they are under. You don't win that mm-hmm. game, and you're effectively out. You lose that game, and you are out of the race. It's the way they responded to the fans. It's it's the care that they showed for what they were trying to do. I think yes, I think footballing wise, we've probably had a couple of better performances. Manchester City away was a really really great performance. The Villa home game was a really really great performance as well as was Newcastle home but I think in terms of everything that you want to see from a football team in one game I think that win over Arsenal the Mm. occasion adds to it as well I mean yeah Yeah. I just think that's that's it for me uh, the best team performance season that's the happiest I've been with Spurs since Lucas Moura since Lucas Moura basically yeah yeah has there been a better performance this year than Harry Kane against Man City at the Etihad from an individual. Yes. Son? Yes. Stephen Bergwine <laughs> in his few minutes on the pitch yes. against Leicester. <laughs> Hard to argue. That- Stephen Bergwijn's few minutes on the pitch against Leicester were ultimately the difference in us finishing fifth or fourth. Stephen Bergwijn came on, almost got himself sent off in an altercation with Soyuncu, and then he left Soyuncu on his ass twice as he took us from being behind to winning the match with the yeah. last kick of the game. Absolutely, that's my individual performance <laughs> of the season. In terms of quality per 90, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I've got down here as one of the awards moments of the season. I have a feeling, Elio, you might have just answered that one. Or does anything else come to mind? Or does anyone else have a moment of the season that just stands out for them? Dave, I know you liked Romero screaming in Maguire's face. Um, I was a big fan of Emerson swinging the flare around in the air after Kane scored against Arsenal. There are a few to come to mind, but... What would you go for, Joe? What do you think, Joe? I mean, it's a bit of a boring one, but it is the Bergwijn double because I do feel the season was starting to turn at that point and you just started to believe top four might be realistic with the form we were starting to hit. And it was just great to beat Leicester. Hmm. You know, it always means a lot to hurt them after after what happened several years ago. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, that game, I think, is the game that made the players really, really believe that they could do more than just finish fifth or sixth. I mean, you saw the way the players celebrated and we had a lot of sort of fun cancellers on social media criticising yeah. us for celebrating like we'd won the league because they don't understand the emotion of football because they've only been supporting it since they realise it's good for getting followers on Twitter. <laughs> but I uh, I think that that really galvanised the side and that's a big reason why we've ended up with well we have I mean that was the first time I think I saw Harry Kane smile in about two years mm. in his celebrations after that winner from Bergwijn I think my moments of the season is Man United at home <laughs> losing 3-0 subbing off Lucas Moura yeah. and the entire crowds booing, which, I, you know, I don't agree with booing during the match and booing players and booing manager or anything like that. You've you got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Absolutely. And everyone booed the hell out of that substitution and started chanting, not just against the manager, but also against the board. You chant against the manager, then the club will ride it out. You chant against the board, the board will sack the manager. And that's what happened very, very promptly afterwards. Mm. So without wanting to stab Nuno a little bit more than he already has been but I do think that is what saved our season yeah very hard to argue with that Dave you've watched a lot of Spurs goals on your phone in the five minutes leading up to most of our episodes when you're quickly cramming for preparation indeed there's been a lot of them a few of them were against Leeds incidentally and we had a couple of contenders today but what is your 
Tottenham Hotspur goal of the season in terms of just the goal itself rather than you know Bergwijn's goal at the end not not just about the significance or the moment or the context just the quality of the goal what's your goal of the season you're trying to remember them now aren't you I there's just too many there's been there's been a lot of goals this isn't a, this isn't a diss but my head is so scrambled right now does someone want to help Dave out I am actually struggling to put together a, a coherent timeline of games that you've played and goals that you've scored. Don't worry, um, we'll get back to, be to honest, you, Dave. I can't really remember any any goals that you scored before the Arsenal goals. I did say <laughs> during the Arsenal game that I thought Son's finish was world-class, and I stand mm. by that. It wasn't, you know, anything that's going to win goals the season anytime soon. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a Pushkas Award nominee. Yeah. But yeah, you have to come back to me. I'll have to try and wreck my brain. Maybe, It'll be maybe quite sad if we don't win Googling. a third consecutive Puskas award. But if we are going to win it, Joe, what's the best bet for you? Uh, I'm not even fussed about that. It's just Bergwijn again. That, <laughs> no, that's, that's the, cheating. That's the goal for you me. You can't have Bergwijn. The goal was a tap-in. He nearly missed it. Went off the post. What about Lucas Moura's? Was that against, was it Norwich? No. The one against Norwich. It was Norwich, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a sensational was a goal. goal. Yeah, the one where he dribbled in and out, in and out, and then whacked it into into the roof of the net from 20 yards. That, that was a beautiful goal. I thought that was, at the time, that was definitely the best goal we'd scored this season. Son's left footer the other week as well was pretty nice. Who was that against? Do you mean against West Ham, potentially? It might have been. It might have been. So I'm, I'm with Dave here. I'm sympathising. I'm getting burning. It's not just me. It's not just me. I'm getting Burnley, West Ham and Aston Villa all mixed up in my mind because I think Son scored against all of them quite recently. <laughs> Just trying to remember <laughs> all of Son's trying. goals is hard work, isn't it? I mean, for context, we have scored 69 goals this season, so there's a lot to get through. There's a couple of really nice team goals as well, and I'm struggling to mm. remember the specifics. I mean, the goals against Manchester City in terms yeah. of team goals were absolutely lovely. Well, there was one where Kane hit it first time with his back to goal, a running reverse through ball to, I think, to Kulisevsky, who squared for Son or vice versa. Was that against Man City? That was a lovely goal. That, that was through to Son, yeah. to, who squared for Kulisevsky. That was the first against Manchester City. But yeah, I think I think against Manchester City, they're all quite good. There was the one where Benson Court was sort of orchestrating from defence to attack all along for, I think, was it Son who scored or was it Kane's first, yeah. potentially, because he scored two, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know. They were all lovely in that game. Um, I'm looking up the goal that I think I'm going to give it to. Oh, yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I've, I've just gone on WhatsApp and I've searched for the words goal of the season. And I've realized that I've called a lot of goals goal of the season this year in our chat, <laughs> probably a bit prematurely and maybe flatteringly. Anyway, the answer is a lot of goals. Are we going to give it to Bergwijn then? Is Bergwijn's goal of the season for us? The second <laughs> one specifically. Potentially. I think yeah. it's got to be. Fair enough. Oh, I'm just rewatching some of the goals from the first half of the season. You know what goal it definitely isn't? Regions against Leeds. Jesus <laughs> I, I actually, I was going to guess that. You give me a second. It was the assist of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Elio, is the left-footed goal you were referring to the Leicester? That's the one I mentioned. Goal. I think that was three nil. That was oh, the one. Yeah, against about. Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just watching from that the one right, again. Cross goal um, from the right corner. with his left. Yeah, yeah. Lovely finish. Right in the yeah. corner. Right that, in the corner. That's exactly the one I was thinking. From what I remember, I, th- I just remember thinking the technique on that is absolutely disgusting. Mm. Um, a couple of Kane so, volleys as well. One against Leeds, I remember. Very nice left-footed volleys with the ball over his shoulder. Nice technique. Morris, I mean, we'll be Morris here all day if we start talking. Against Norwich. 
There was a Thunder Bastard. Ah, we mentioned that one. I think Lucas's Thunder Bastard against Norwich is probably the one that gets it for me. That was a really special goal. Speaking that was really, really of good. Thunder Bastards, I put a tweet out asking some of our listeners to suggest their Plus Dave podcast moment of the season. And we got a couple of responses. One from Dave's brother, Carl, just saying excessive cockwomble use, Thunder Bastard, and just about every Who Am I round in the Challenge Elio game. <laughs> so that's lovely to hear. And another listener came in. This is Nick Dunleavy. He says, my favorite moment would have to be the Elio diatribe against Ndombele. It was a moment where the mask dropped for a few minutes and I feel like we got the real Elio on display. (laughs) (laughs) That's turning the clock back quite a few weeks, but I remember that one. I remember you, you, you got very angry in the middle of winding yourself up talking about Ndombele and his lack of effort. Any of you guys got a particular moment from our 36, is it now, episodes we've done that stands out for you? Any particularly funny memories from the season that you think is potentially the moment of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be Elio's interesting pronunciation of the northern <laughs> seaside town. That is in my notes. I don't think, and again, it's not not just to kind of tease Elio. It's the way that everyone was so slow to act on that because we just assumed Elio was being silly with their name. <laughs> it took a while for people to realise he genuinely thought that I think that we all thought he was it. taking the piss until he said it again in a really deadpan tone. Because the thing about Elio, and, and you probably noticed this by listening to the podcast, is that when you are joking, you are very deadpan with delivery. So sometimes it's, it's not obvious that you're joking. <laughs> so it took us a second. Um, if anyone missed that particular episode, it's when Elio referred to Morecambe as Morricombe, which, uh, as you mm-hmm. can expect, received quite a lot of ribbing. I'm still not convinced I'm pronouncing it wrong. I think it's everybody <laughs> else. can't know, can you? But you know what I really liked? When I was trying to move the show along and and get into the next portion of the show and I've been talking for about 30 seconds and then Elio who had been talking about Newcastle just jumped back in and he goes I mean they've got Sean Longstaff in their team for God's sake (laughs) and then just carried on ripping into Sean Longstaff who has become a bit of a running meme on our series how many rants have we had from me actual rants I think we've had the four from me Sean Longstaff slash Newcastle and Don Belay Danny Rose quite recently I think (laughs) had a good rant about him that might be the strongest one actually um, and uh there's also my rant in defense of Pochettino as well. Yeah, and I, I quite liked, I think this might have been our first or second episode, your defense of Ledley King in response to a listener suggesting he was no better than Harry Maguire. That was our first. That was, that was quite interesting. Do you have a favorite moment? I enjoyed Clint City, Yaya, <laughs> Dempsey. <laughs> to be honest, though, I think just the middle names alone have provided some gold over the weeks. There have been some classic ones. I loved a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the Who Am I? And I said, he has so many career goals. And you're like, career or career? After all the Son Heung-min questions. I was thinking about Son Heung-min. Exactly, that's what I mean. The, the middle name just is just became genius. Just the I know, it's brilliant. Basically, long story short, we're all hilarious and our podcast is just pure gold from start to finish. Yeah, listen Dave, back, everyone. Quiet. Listen yeah. back, everyone. Yeah, go back and listen from episode one. There. If you want to relive this season, a successful season for Spurs yeah. fans. Exactly, Yay. you know. Great Wait, I mean, don't, don't worry watching, don't bother watching our All or Nothing on Amazon from a couple of years back. Just listen to this from the beginning onwards. You know, funnily enough, a lot of people actually do still listen to really old episodes, which is surprising because obviously I get all the analytics of people listening. And, and of course, we've mentioned all the different countries that we've had people listening from and, and it shows which episodes have been listened to each week. And the first episode every so often gets the odd listen, which is, which is interesting. I wonder if they just think it's the latest one and accidentally click on it or what. But needless to say, whoever's listening to us, thank you all very much for that. 
Well, every time we have a good game or rise a position in the table, another twit talker, and that's not an accent, I am amalgamating TikTokers and Twitterers, <laughs> another one of those does decide, yay, let's support Spurs now to have something else to talk about on social media. So, so no Make wonder people like are listening for the first time. Mugging off our entire listener base. Yeah, I was going to say. We are <laughs> planning on thank coming you, back next season, right? Thank you for everybody listening in. Yeah, <laughs> and now we're on the last cause... episode. I'm going to tell you what I think of all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a jerk in here. Exactly. Well, exactly. Hi. And speaking of our international listener base, actually, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but as I've mentioned before, we've been keeping a running updated starting 11 called Plus Dave FC, which is made up of players from countries where we've had listens. And we've had listens from all over the world, as I hinted earlier. And I gave Elio the task with putting together a final season ending Plus Dave FC. And he's rolled back the years and gone for an old 4-4-2. And and the team he's put together, and bear in mind, the rule is we can only have one player from each listener country, so you can't just go and put a load of English players in there. There was one person on Twitter who was very confused by <laughs> it that It seemed concept. to confuse a lot of people. It- I feel like I dropped you in it a little bit earlier by not clarifying that, because you just got loads of people calling you an idiot for not including certain players, so I do apologise. Yeah. Um, That's quite all right. I'm used to people calling me an idiot in life. <laughs> I didn't realise this happened. So they thought Elio's yeah. like I neglected. I neglected omitted. to mention the very important rule that we were trying to keep it to one player per country. So Elio was leaving out <laughs> like Ledley King, only one French player, so Loris wasn't in goal and things like that. So anyway, the team is Torsford in goal, left back is Regulon, centre back pairing of Vertonghen and Popescu with Stephen Carr as right back. Left mid, who is the most recent addition to the team, is Son Hyun Min, thanks to our South Korean listener last week. Uh, right mid is David Ginola. Centre mid, and this is a very attacking centre mid, of Raphael van der Vaar and Christian Eriksen with two up top of Kane and Klinsman. It's not a bad team, is it, Dave? That team wins I mean, the Premier League, surely. Talk, it gets better as you keep talking. Well, clearly <laughs> Elio prioritised attack, I think it's safe <laughs> yeah. to say. Uh, he, he did not well, care about I could about have had Dembele as a Belgian but I thought you know what we need at least one top class defender so I went with Vertonghen Stephen Carr was a very competent right it feels back a bit like, it feels a bit like you only live once kind of football managed <laughs> draft well we're only playing three games so F it yeah. let's just, <laughs> let's just buy this, all Elio. the strikers how much tracking back do you think Van der Vaar Eriksen and Ginola are going to do actually to be fair Eriksen probably would do a bit but do you think that's a balanced I mean, enough midfield Ericsson and Van der Vaart. If you never lose the ball, why <laughs> do you go. need to defend? Exactly. Exactly. You know, just Iniesta no, and Jabby need not, to track I will, back. I will not hear ill. Uh, well, actually, they, they did quite a bit. It's probably why that Barcelona was so amazing, because their players did work their bollocks off. Yeah, but, um, for seven seconds. I will, I, I will not hear ill of Georgi Popescu. He was such a good player for us. The one yeah. year we had him, he was a real kind of shining light. And he, he was sort of one of the first sort of ball-playing centre-backs the Premier League had really seen. I think it was him and uh, Albero over at Newcastle. And mm. uh, he was a really, really competent player. Really, really lovely to watch. He obviously doesn't get the fanfare that Klinsman, who was here for the same season, gets. But uh, mm. Popescu is really, really quality player. And there's a reason why Barcelona signed him to replace Ronald Koeman. Yeah, didn't he go on to catching them to European Cup or UEFA Cup? I don't believe so. He was a big deal. I think he won in Europe with Galatasaray over Arsenal in a penalty shootout. What's that? Arsenal not winning a European trophy? <laughs> Didn't know that ever happened. But uh, yeah. 
And it's back to Arsenal again. Well, uh, if you're arriving late to the podcast, please get the word out that the word Spursy has been officially retired after this game. And we're now referring to similar acts as being woolly in reference to Woolwich Arsenal. So uh, get that word out and let's hope it sticks. Right. Well, uh, I mean, we've got Challenge Elio to get onto, but obviously we do want to talk about the season in a bit more detail and perhaps have a little quick look ahead to to next season. Um, Any closing thoughts on how this season has gone and any kind of observations that you think are worth throwing out before we take a look forward to see how the season to come might go? Just kind of stunned that we got fourth, really. It's going to take a few days to really Mm. sink in. And I'm fascinated to see how this affects the dynamic between Spurs and Arsenal. Yeah. Because I think this is a a massive disaster for Arsenal. What would you define as success next season, Joe? You're stunned we got fourth this year. Do you think fourth has to be the benchmark next year? Yeah, I I think so. I know Elio hates that lack of ambition, (laughs) but I, I, I I I think the problem we've got is... We've got the manager and you know that extra bit of finance, financial oomph now to, to try and consolidate being back as a, a, a top four team. But of course, you've you've always got the spectre of Man United there and their revenue stream to fund whatever they want to do. And of course, you know I know it's going to take a few years, yeah. but Newcastle is a top four team in waiting, mm. and, and that's a long term problem yeah, for whether us. Whether it's this season or the next. Elio, how would you define a successful 22-23 season? At a minimum, repeating this, Mm. hopefully with a cup in addition. I'm not saying I want to win the Champions League, but I'd love to have a good few positive memories from it. If we get on a nice run to the last 16 to the quarterfinals, maybe that would be lovely. I'll be honest, I want to see us, even if we don't sustain it right till May, I want us to go relatively deep into the season being spoken about as potential title winners. And I don't think Conte would have that any other way. So I'm really hoping that we we do back him appropriately. Yes, I know we don't have the revenue streams of of the oil clubs, but we do have good revenue streams. A, Champions League money coming in. B, obviously year-on-year record Premier League TV revenues. C, we've just had a full season of the stadium again. Mm -hmm. We're guaranteed pretty much barring the absolute worst that happened to the world in which case we've got bigger worries than Spurs going on we're guaranteed more stadium revenue and our stadium generates more revenue than every other stadium in the country including Old Trafford so as far as I'm concerned this is the time where and as you know I've always defended Levy I've always defended Enoch I've always seen the method behind the madness Mm. even the summer where we signed no one I found sort of mitigating circumstances for it now we have to spend. Now yeah. we have to build a side capable of matching the level of manager we have because we're not going to get a better manager than Conte. We're not going to get two better forwards than Kane and Son. So we absolutely need to do what we need to do to make sure that if we don't challenge or win a title next year, it's because the others were just that good, not because we weren't good enough. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But you're forgetting the most important component of all this, Elio, is that we'll have Oliver Skip back next season. Imagine what we that's will. going to look like. But no, in all seriousness, let's talk about transfers. I know it's early and we're almost definitely going to talk about transfers in the run-up to the new season. When we get there, we'll probably have to keep an eye on things as the summer progresses. But to put you on the spot a little bit, and anyone else, feel free to chime in. Is there anyone out there 
either somebody we've been rumoured to be linked with or perhaps somebody from one of the teams that have gone down or missed out in the Champions League. Anyone realistic that you think would be a good signing for us that would fit Conte's system that you can see us approaching and getting? I know there have been talks about John McGinn. You know the name that I've been saying to you repeatedly recently? And I'll say again, it's the most obvious transfer in the world. I want Christian Eriksen back at Tottenham. Yeah. I think he knows how to play Conte's football. He's got an affinity with the club. He said he'd quite like to play Champions League football again next season. There's a finite amount of clubs with whom he can do that. He lives in London. He is popular with our our supporters. He's on a free and he's still a good age. He's only 30 in his position on the pitch. He's got another five years in him, quite frankly. Obviously, it depends what his life motivations are now as well. Mm. But he ticks every single box. He allows us the flexibility to either play with a a 3-5-2 with a three-man centre and he'll be one of the the spare of the three Mm. or to play the 3-4-3 that we have been playing and he'll be one of the front three. He is an absolute genius of a player. I'd say the only player more naturally creative in the league than him is Kevin De Bruyne. And quite frankly, I love him and I want to see him wearing white again. Yeah. That is my dream transfer this summer and then just do the obvious that we need to do. But I want to see Christian Eriksen back at Spurs. Yeah, I'm sure you're far from alone in that and it seems reasonable, doesn't it? Speaking of former players potentially available on a free, let's go back to Gareth Bale. Does anyone think there's a chance that we might see him in a Spurs shirt again next year? So I've, well, not I've heard, that would be a lie. I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. People who are connected say that they have heard. This is in the murky world of forums, but this is someone who gets more right than wrong and is mainly connected through agents, not through clubs. But I've seen that he's someone Levy would love to bring back, but not so much Conte and Paratici. And ultimately, they're the ones whose opinion really counts in all this. So if that is true, then I'd almost say, fine, back the manager Mm. even if that means not bring if it was my choice Bale would be back obviously I think he's wonderful I think if Wales don't qualify for the World Cup Gareth Bale retires that's my opinion Mm. and I think if they do qualify probably goes to Cardiff where he gets to decide when he plays he gets to train and keep fit he gives them a bit of glitz and a bit of magic then he goes to the World Cup and retires halfway through the season that's what I expect to happen. Anyway, when you talk about your ITK intel and these things you've heard on the download, I just get these visions of you sneaking in some back alley somewhere, talking to someone in a trench coat, just handing you these updates in an envelope. Um, Dave, you had something to add? Um, yeah, on transfers, I mean, this yeah. might not be a, a Tottenham thing, but I, if I'm being honest, I don't think any of them would be out of place in a Tottenham squad. But I think, yeah. you know, talking about football manager again, but I always look at the teams that are relegated and look at the look at the really good of course, players that yeah. are going down who have absolutely no interest of playing in the championship. And I'd say the three ones that stick out for me are two Watford forwards, Dennis and Saar, mm. and and Nick Pope. Loris is good. Nick Pope is yeah. good, but Nick Pope is Young. very good and younger. Yeah, he is younger. I like Nick Pope a lot. I think he's he's. At, I actually think, and I said this at the Burnley match the other day to my dad. I actually think he's the best English goalkeeper in the league. He just happens to play for Burnley. He, he seems I, to I pull like off like at least one world class save a game. Yeah, amazing reflexes considering he's about what six foot six or something yeah. stupid like that. As well, he's an absolute giant. I do like him. I also actually think that if he was happy to essentially go the understudy route to Eric Dyer because he'd rather be at the biggest club he can be. Someone like James Tarkovsky would make a lot of sense as well and he's available on a free. How so I think that 
He's only about twenty nine, thirty. Mm. Um, he's he's someone that I think uh, play. can play the role Zaire's been playing for us. Yep, you need him. Mm. Um, and we clearly don't seem to have that much faith in Joe Roden, so that could be quite clever. I think yeah, Dennis looks like an exciting player, but if I had to take a Watford player, it would definitely be Saar. I think he yeah. he looks absolutely built for a big club in this league, and he would be a threat to our forwards in the front three as well. Actually. He he could re- of course. Sorry, I forgot about the obvious Watford player who would be a great steal for any team. Moussa Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Speaking of players that you took from relegated sides, yeah. Mm. There's also Max Corner at Burnley. Yeah. Now that Burnley have gone down, or Max Aaron's. He's. Cl- I don't see the hype with Max Aaron's. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I think he looks very good in the championship. I think we all agree we need someone in that position though, don't we? Is there an obvious choice or is there a rumoured choice to play that right wing back Do you need role? someone in that position now? I mean, we've got Dejoto Carlos, but I feel like at You've the very Doherty. least we need another Doherty option. Injury-prone fullbacks. Well, we've got injury-prone fullbacks on both sides, haven't we? And it's a demanding position. I think if we can get an upgrade, we need to get an upgrade. But it's always a case of if. If there is, we shouldn't buy for the sake of buying. Mm. But I mean, I like Emerson. I've been one of his bigger apologists, even when he was not doing great this season. Yeah. But I think if we can send him off back to Spain to a club that wants to use him as a right back and spend that money on a career right wing back, it won't be the worst thing in the world. And I'd say the same of Reggie on the other side. The name I keep seeing, of whom I know very little in fairness, is Jed Spence. I think, is he at Middlesbrough? He was on loan at Nottingham Forest, so you can watch him in the player yeah. final in a few days' time. Oh, yeah. And he he looks like a very, very good player in the making. He's He's got a bit of Carl Walker, a bit of Reese James about him in quite how aggressively, explosively fast he is breaking forward with the ball. Yeah. And that, in a Conte system, could be pretty scary. Joe, what do you think of John McGinn, another player we've been linked to recently? Yeah, I was going to mention him, actually. I don't think midfield's an area that we're quite screaming out for reinforcements anymore, but I really like the sound of that. That feels like quite a sensible and realistic potential purchase. I really rate him. Do you think we need another player in that position, Elio? Because obviously there's no harm in having depth. And we mentioned Skip coming back and hopefully he pushes on and becomes the player we want him to be next season. But would you like to see another sentiment? And if so, who? I do. I don't think we necessarily have to go for the first team up, given that Conte plays a very kind of functional central midfield. As long as it's people who can take on instructions and apply them, I think that's fine. They've got to have the energy levels for Conte and they've got to have the ability on the ball to be able to pull it off. John McGinn is a player that I didn't know much about until Villa got promoted. I remember Dave actually singing his praises in the group chat as someone who's going to be very good in the Premier League before I'd ever seen him kick a ball. And he has impressed me his entire time in the Premier League so far. So I think that would be a good signing that someone that, let's put it this way, if we can stick with Hoibia, Skip and Benton Core, ship out Winks, who I just don't think is good enough. Yeah. Shane, homegrown boy, obviously loves Spurs, mm. but I think keep the other three and then supplement that with McGinn and Ericsson who can kind of drift between attack or midfield. Then you've got a good five players for two or three positions and that leaves you very safe in terms of injuries. Because don't forget, we're in the Champions League next year. We're going to need a big squad. We're going to need at least two and sometimes two and a half players for each position because we're going to be playing first team 
Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, mm. Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday. It's not going to be a case of being able to rotate for the inferior competition. We're yeah. going to have to have more than one strong player per position next season. Shame. I was really looking forward to sniping Rafinha, but looks like we I might mean, have to wait one more year. I'd be shocked if he plays for Leeds next season. Wow. If you can get a huge bounty for Rafinha, current Brazil international, yeah. I know he's tailed off, but current Brazil international, what is, is he 24? 25? He's basically, I honestly believe he's going, and relegation was going to probably cost us the best part of 30 million quid in terms of how much money we'd get for him. You could probably get 50 or 56, exactly. 55, and we'd have probably got 20 if we went down. Yeah. So I think that's, unfortunately, I mean, he was in with the fans. There was no pitch invasion at Brentford. There was a Rafinha invasion of the Leeds fans. Though. He jumped into the crowd. That. And, uh, you know, for, for someone who's stopped trying and is counting down the days for his move to Barcelona. Yeah. That's not, not bad going. I mean, I like Rafinha and I like Rafinha at Leeds. I think it could be your Coutinho moment because for where you are in the league, if you can sell a player that good and replace him with... 320 million players, for instance, but then also actually spend money elsewhere, you could easily shoot up to sort of 9th, 10th, 11th again next season. I think that's got to be the plan. Or keep him and spend the money anyway. <laughs> I mean, that that's, would be an ideal way, world. isn't it? Just keep spending. It'll be Let's fine. Live the dream. It'll work out in the end. We've, we've All right, Peter is still close to it. Nightmare now. So let's, yeah. let's flip that. It can't get any worse, you know, so you'll be fine. Would you take 17th? again next season <laughs> or have you got higher hopes this time i think dave wants to be able to enjoy the final enjoy day a bit it. more next we'll season leave you alone. we'll come back to you we'll, yeah, we'll look I've, at that i've, I've not been that stressed for a players. long time i've not been like, i've yeah. got so many spots on my face <laughs> i feel like a 16 year old again i saw you uh dual wielding a glass of wine and a chocolate cake before we started uh, yeah any of either left victorious cake leads have sent dave into menopause <laughs> Let's jump in to some Challenge Elio, the final Challenge Elio of the season. Now, if you're new, which you probably aren't at this point if you're listening, Challenge Elio is our trivia game, which takes the form of Elio versus the other two. And this week, I'm just going to do a very kind of quick fire question and answer round, followed by the Who Am I game with which we always end the show. And I did ask you guys to prepare buzzers, which I suspect you probably neglected to do. But by any chance, are you going to surprise me and say you've got a buzzer ready? Or are we going to be manual buzzering this week? Dave, I know you've got a buzzer app at your disposal. Yeah, but it works on a stupid delay. So it makes you think that I don't know the answer when I've already known the answer for literally a, a second. <laughs> so it's quite you know frustrating what? in that sense. Milliseconds are essential, so I will let you. Every millisecond counts. You can buzz with your mouth. I'm going to manually mouth it, if that's all right. (laughs) I'm going to leave those words well alone. Joe, can you have a buzzer test, please? I'm downloading a buzzer app right now. There we go. Elio, are you going to go to the lengths of downloading a buzzer app, or are you going to stick with uh, with cockwomble or a buzzer buzzer noise? Come on, got to get an app, Joe. Wait, we're on the same team, aren't we? This is going to be my buzzer. That's that's a, not a nice sound, wow. but we'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> that's an offensive sound. Or, or would you prefer this? No, that's worse. How about... Ah, I've got one. 
Oh my god, no. No, no absolutely please not. no. Never do that again. Just just do whatever like, whatever comes naturally. You know, just hey, <laughs> hey guys, do you remember when you had eardrums? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lovely. That is that is yeah, that's a beautiful buzzer noise. That's that's <laughs> what I wanted. I tell you what, I'm just gonna go with woolly. Woolly, I love it. I love it. Woolly, woolly, that's my buzzer. Okay. So the theme of this quick fire <laughs> buzzer round, please stop. <laughs> Don't make me play the Champions League theme again. The theme of this round is season recap. So I'm going to be asking you questions about the season just gone by. So probably quite predictable, but let's see how well you remember it. I'm going to go through in chronological order and ask you a few questions and see how we get on. Question one. To which team did Spurs lose in the first leg of the Europa Conference qualifying in our second match of the season? (laughs) Strong start. Are your buzzers working? Yes. Who was that? Don't know. <laughs> I believe you. That is technically correct. No, the answer is Pacos Ferreira. Ring a bell? Remember that team? Yeah? One of the yeah, giants of European well. football that beats us in the Nuno days. <laughs> Question two. The first match after we started the Plus Day podcast was a 3-0 defeat at Crystal Palace. Who was sent off in that match? Woolley. Elio? Jaffa Tanganga. It was Jaffa Tanganga. Elio takes the lead. And uh, as always, please keep a score. We know Elio's going to win, but for formality's sake, just keep a running score. Question three. Who opened the scoring from a header in our following match, losing 3-0 to Chelsea at home? Woolley. Elio. It wasn't Havertz, was it? It wasn't, which gives it back over to the other team. You got all the time you need. Joe? Was it Thiago Silva? It was Thiago Silva. Very good. I was hoping you'd get that since you were sitting next to me at the time. I was just about to think, I was there. We were there. We were there indeed. (laughs) Question four. What was the score when we played Arsenal at the Emirates in September? Uh, Willie. Dave. Nope, Dave got there first. 3-1. Two. Arsenal. (laughs) It was. I'm sorry to say. It was 3-1 to Arsenal. Question five. Who did Spurs face in Nuno's final game in charge? Uh, Willie. Ooh. I think that was Dave. I think it was Dave too. Dave. It was Scumchester United. <laughs> it was indeed Scumchester United <laughs> as their official name is. What are the scores now? I think that's probably... They're beating me 3-1. They're Ooh, beating me 3-1. Okay. Admittedly, oh, wow. it should be 2-all, but you just gave them... Celebratory buzz. <laughs> Why break the habit of a season? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you, Corruption Joe. to the last. <laughs> Next question. What was the score of Antonio Conte's first game in charge? Willie. Elio. Nil-nil with Everton. That was his first league game in charge, which means it goes back over to the other team. You don't need to tell me the opponent, but I want the score. One-nil. No. No Can one I have another Elio. Yeah. Was it... Point, it was a crazy game, wasn't it? Didn't, it was. It, Romero got sent off. Was it something like 4-5 or something crazy like that? No, it was 3-2 against oh, Vitesse. 3-2. Yeah. And in a follow-up question related... How many players finished that match on the pitch? Yes, Joe, I think. 19. It was 19. There were three red cards Joe, in that match. Joe, is your buzz changing every time? <laughs> it's eight options, mate. The app <laughs> oh, is amazing. Wow. <laughs> Sponsored by Buzzer App. Okay, next question. Which Spurs player received a red card in that game? Willie. There you go. Romero. <laughs> He doesn't sound happy about that, did he? Question nine. Against whom did Antonio Conte register his first league win for Spurs? Any stabs? Willie. Go on, Elio. 
It wasn't, um, <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, I thought this was technically cheating, buzzing in and then taking a further 20 seconds. Was it, it wasn't. Ham? It was Leeds United. Boo. Boo. This is a fun question. But you can't buzz before <laughs> I've asked the question. <laughs> but I feel like you might know it. Who sets up Regalon's winner in that match? Buzz. Go on, Dave. Eric Dyer. Yeah, I would have also accepted the crossbar or the post, whichever it was. Very good. <laughs> it was Eric Dyer with a free kick. <laughs> Question 11. Who was sent off as Spurs drew 2-2 with Liverpool in December? Willie. Elio. Robertson. It was indeed Andy Robertson. By what scoreline did Spurs beat Crystal Palace in the following match? Buzz. Go on, Dave. 3-0. It was 3-0. Very good. Overturning the 3-0 they'd dealt us earlier in the season. Who scored a 96th minute winner against Watford on New Year's Day? Willie. Elio. Davinson Sanchez. It was Davinson Sanchez. Next question. Who knocked Spurs out of the League Cup? Woolley. Chelsea. Elio. Ooh, there was a late buzzer there, but Elio is correct. It was indeed and, and got Chelsea. In yeah. Oh, this is a good question. Who did Spurs beat 3-1 in the FA Cup third round? Buzz. Yes, Dave? Morricombe. <laughs> it was Morricombe. <laughs> also known in some circles as Morecambe. <laughs> Spurs beat Leicester 3-2 in January with two late goals from Stephen Bergwijn in which minute was his equaliser Willie Elio 96 it wasn't it wasn't equalizer. 96 oh equaliser yep. I didn't listen 97 <laughs> no no. <Joe. laughs> no you didn't it's, listen either <laughs> it was the 95th minute 95th minute next question in February Spurs lost consecutive home league games against which two teams Woolley. Elio. Brighton, Southampton. It's no, Burnley, Southampton. No, no, no. Brentford, Southampton. No, I don't they're know. all right. No, Wolves, no, Southampton. Wolves, Southampton. What do you think, guys? He got it on the was fourth it Wolves attempt. Southampton? No. I feel like he deserves don't half give a me point. The point. Because it was don't Southampton. Give don't give Come me on. any points. For no points. No points. Don't give me the you should points. lose points, flusters. really. Next question. <laughs> Spurs beat Man City at the Etihad in the following game with two second half goals from Harry Kane, but who opened the scoring for Tottenham four minutes in? Willie Kulisevsky. That's the right answer. Is that his first name? <laughs> Willie, that's his middle name. Dayan Willie Kulisevsky. <laughs> Willisevsky to his mates. Next question. Spurs beat Leeds 4-0 in the following match. I probably would have dropped this if you'd just been relegated, Dave. Who opened the scoring that day? <laughs> Dave's shrugging his shoulders in on, protest. Dave. He knows, on, he just doesn't want to say it. Proud. Come on, Dave, you remember it. Willie Kulisevsky? It was not. Uh, no, not saying. Uh, I can give you guys a clue, sure. and then you can really shout fun. out the answer. It was a cross from Sessegnon. Why that, are you giving them a clue after I? No, got both it wrong. of you, both of you. Oh, was this the own goal, Willie? It wasn't the own goal. Own goal, Willie. No, it wasn't an own goal. Was it Harry Kane? Keep naming Spurs players. You've almost done the whole. I team. feel like at this point, no one's getting the points. It was Mr. Doherto Carlos. After a cross oh, yeah. from his wing back to wing left back, wing back buddy. Oh, yeah. Who knocked Spurs out of the FA Cup this season? Willie. Elio. Middlesbrough. Sadly, it was Middlesbrough. By what scoreline? You guys have had a shit season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, How have we had 20 these, questions these already? don't reflect on us very well, do they? Uh, next question. By what scoreline did Spurs beat Everton in March? Buzz. Go on, Dave. Was it 5-0? 
It was 5-0. Very good. But it comes to remembering <laughs> Frank Lampard on the end Lovely of a spanking. Stuff. Dave I remember remembers. the spanking. Yeah. Very good. I was going to go for six. I'm pretty sure this is the right answer, but who is the only player to score a hat-trick against Spurs this season? Woolley, Cristiano Ooh, Ronaldo. Dave buzzed first, I think. I was going to say I, that. I believe that you were going to say I believe you were, but I don't believe you buzzed first. <laughs> Joe, you heard Dave buzz first, didn't you? Because you're completely it, objective. It, that sounded a I'm bit... completely objective, but it did sound like Dave. That sounds mm-hmm. a bit partridge-esque, that earlier. <laughs> I, I believe you were going to say, but I believe you weren't going to buzz first. <laughs> Great banter. <laughs> um... <laughs> Spurs beat West Ham 3-1 in March. Who scored an own goal for West Ham that day? Woolly Kurt Zuma kicked a cat. He did. Yeah, both correct. Yeah, <laughs> he did indeed kick a cat and score an own goal. Not in the same match, but yes. How many Spurs players scored against Newcastle in our home win over the mid-April? Buzz. Dave. None. Nope. So, Elio, it's over to you. a trick question. Um, what was the score again? I mean, that would be a big clue. Okay. Were they four? <laughs> no, it was five. Five individual scorers. Davies, Emerson, oh, Doherty, Son and Bergwine. Next question. Son scored a hat-trick in the following game. Who were our opponents? West, Willie West Ham. No. <laughs> <laughs> Willie West Ham. <laughs> Dave Joe. Oh, no. I, I don't know what the score hat-trick. is, but I feel like it's close. Elio's probably I winning. Think, I don't think I am. They had a strong start. I think yeah. by now they should have come Guys, up with an answer. I'm going to have to rush you quickly. Who was Son's hat trick against? Uh, I, can't, I can't, really can't remember. No. Um, no. Time's up. It was Villa. Next question. And this is the final question of this round. What was our final goal difference this season? Willie, 69. No, that's how many goals we scored. <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah, it was- <laughs> You are oh, Elio's, officially be? Thanks to Elio's premature 69. <laughs> That's your intro, sorted text. It- <laughs> Woolly 69. <laughs> Out of context, plus Dave, new Twitter account. Dave Joe, do you have an answer? And it's a bit of a harsh one because I didn't actually specify how close you need to be, but I feel like you're going to be closer than Elio. <laughs> um, is it, it's, it's like plus 28, isn't it? You know what? You can have half a point because it's 29. Very good guess. 29, oh, thanks to our 5-0 win today. Brilliant. That's that round. All that's left now is... Let me tally that up. The final Who Am I game, but we'll wait for Elio to see who won we that game. We definitely won that. I feel like I it was, did. I feel like it was close, but I, was, I reckon Elio might have just... No, no, I think they did. He certainly no, answered we, more I questions. Smashed, I think we smashed him. <laughs> they win 9.5 to 8. Ooh, 9.5 oh, to 8. That's daylight in between them two that teams is indeed. There. So there That is go. indeed. Didn't need that half point at the end. Which means that if Adio wins Who Am I, we might need some kind of tiebreaker. Well, let's just win Who Am I, Joe, yeah? So, the Who Am I game. I'm going to name a series of clues about a former or current Spurs player. The guys are going to guess who I am talking about. Clue one. I played 73 games for Spurs. And don't ask me if that's league games. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. Who are you asking? I saw that's a great them. question. That you can ask me. And seeing as you lost that round, that goes to the other guys first. Because that's such a good clue. 73 games for Spurs. Yes. Sounds like it's probably going to be Dembele. It's not Dembele. (laughs) Next clue, Elio. I have scored 22 international goals. Any idea to equal the season record of clue two held by yourself 
<laughs> 73 matches for us and 22 international goals. Jürgen Klinsmann? It's not Jürgen Klinsmann. Next clue. I have been runner-up in the UEFA Champions League. Any guesses, guys? Just texting Dave some ideas here. He's played more games for Spurs than that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I've update. Oh, okay, cool. You've done, you've done your classic negative. This person. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stick with Dembele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double down. <laughs> I, I respect your perseverance, Joe. I almost want to give you the points, but it's still, I'm sorry to say, not Moussa Dembele. You're Next not question. coming up with someone. That makes it harder. We need to rule people out. Every, every <laughs> wrong answer is a clue in game. itself. Next clue. I once played eight matches on loan in Sweden. I can't help feeling I gave them a better clue, Elio, but every little helps. Eight matches on loan in Sweden. 23 matches for us. Um, doesn't mean we loans in Sweden, obviously. Um, doesn't. Peter Crouch. Now, Elio, what makes you think it's Peter Crouch? I just have this inkling that he played in Sweden on loan at some point. I don't know why. I feel like when he was really young, either we did or maybe when he went off to QPR when they were developing, he did. I also know he had a really good goal record for England. He was the first team for us for only two seasons, which suggests around 73 matches, especially because the second of those seasons he played a bit less. So yeah, 73 matches. It just makes sense. And he was a Champions League runner-up with Liverpool when they lost to Milan a couple of years after beating Milan. Well, it's not Peter Crouch. Okay. I'm joking. It is Peter Crouch. Congratulations, you have won. <laughs> Who am I? Not for the first time, but for the last time this season, it was indeed Peter Crouch. That's a very good effort. The other clues were going to be, I am a director of my former club, National League Southside, Dulwich Hamlet, since June 2021. I have scored in the World Cup. I am 23rd in the all-time Premier League assist charts with 58. I thought that would have been a good clue. I once cleaned David Ginola's boots. It's a fun one. And finally, a quote from him, one of many great quotes from Peter Crouch. The thing you don't realise is that every time you head the ball, your brain shakes every single time. Have you ever headed a ball badly and seen stars for a couple of seconds? That's your brain shaking. Let's be honest, that can't be healthy, can it? <laughs> He's right there. I'd have forgiven anyone guessing Jamie Redknapp off the back of that clue. But anyway, that is Peter Crouch. And that is a win for Elio, which means... You know what? We might you need... You can tell when I'm not completely convinced by my answers when I don't give a nice you don't slow build up burn build it. up. Yeah. I know, that's that's why I gave you the chance to do your build-up sort of in reverse in the end there. So no, very well done. Uh, I feel like we need a tiebreaker. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question and you've got to buzz in, both of you, and tell me the answer. Quite simply, the question is, why did I pick Peter Crouch? Today of all days. Willie. That was Elio. Is it because the first time we qualified for the Champions League... He scored the head that it put us into it. It is exactly because of that. Very good. There you go, Elio. You've won. I feel like that's a disadvantage to them, given that they didn't know you back then, and ah. I did. So I know how you think better. You know what? Some people suggest that there's been some corruption against you throughout the season, Elio. I'm not going to name names, but there are certain people who have suggested that I've not been entirely <laughs> fair to you. So maybe the odd little bias back the other way isn't the worst thing in the world and a nice little way to end the season. So there it is. Guys, that is the last challenge, Elio, of the season. 
It's been emotional. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. I'm looking forward to hosting it. Exactly. Next season, it's going to look very different. And as things stand, it looks as if Elio is going to be taking the reins. Have you given that much thought, Elio? Have you planned what you're going to do? Are you going to keep it quite similar? Are you going to throw in some new aspects to the game? I'm going to keep Who Am I? Good. If not every single week, it'll definitely be a regular thing. Um, Good. I think that's a listener favourite based on one person's review. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Yeah. No one said they don't like it. Let's put it that way. Other than that, I'm not sure how much I want to change from what you've done. Other than you'll get the answers I'm right. Considering going pre Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> quite. But we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to doing it. It's going to be interesting to see who knows the most about Spurs, the Spurs fans, or Dave. I'm going to be honest. Dave. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. My memory is not great. I mean, you've seen that I don't get the answers right, even when I'm asking them. So you can only imagine what it's going to be like when I'm answering them. So we've got that to look forward to next season. Elio, I've asked you to sum up Spurs season in a single word. I'll give you a minute. Is there a word that comes to mind? One word. Um... While he's thinking, do either of you have a word to sum up Spurs season? Topsy-turvy. Mm, good. Good use of the hyphen. Yeah, it's technically two <laughs> words, but... It's fine. But you never see them without the other, so... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Topsy. That's a very good point. I was going to say unspursy. Do we like that? Evolution. Good, good. I like that. Uh, I'm completely on spot. We'll revisit this before the season starts after we've hopefully made a few transfers and chopped and changed a little bit. But same question as beginning of last season. Where are Spurs going to finish in the league next year? Elio first. And I'm writing these down, by the way. I'm going to stick to my guns from this season. I'm going to say <laughs> next season we will finish third. Okay, Joe, same question. I think we're going to be fifth. <laughs> Do you want to come back on the podcast next dream. year? Or? you got to live the dream. Dream a dream, aren't you, mate? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that because we'll be knackered from getting all the way to the Champions League final and winning it? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be vulnerable because we've got to play Champions League football next season and Newcastle will sneak into fourth. God, who invited Buzz Killington? Using Saudi money. Dave. I just, I basically, it's just a dystopian future. <laughs> Dave, please do better Why than that. Why do we even bother watching football? Joe's already written it <laughs> and it's all bleak. Dave, you said we finished sixth this year and we finished fourth. What are you going to say for next year? I think uh, League Cup winners Spurs will finish third. Ooh, interesting. Going for third again, which means I've got to come up with something. I mean, at the risk of sounding like I'm sitting on the fence slash being unoriginal, I'm going to take fourth again. I'm going to say back to back fourths. However, I think we're going to get to the semi-final of the Champions League. Well, that would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be so I, much fun. I can't wait for it. I already. know this sounds like a stupid thing to say, given how hard it is to do so, how little opportunity there is to do so, and how little of this we have done in the past couple of decades. But I think we're going to win something next season. I, I genuinely do. I think Conte is changing this club quickly. And the man is nothing if not a winner. And I think we're going to reflect him next season. What are we going to win, Elia? FA Cup? Who knows? Inter-Turtle. <laughs> Peace Cup. Discuss <laughs> no, award. Golden it's only West Ham fans that count Inter-Turtle as a trophy. Who's going to be our player of the season? Oliver Skip? Kulusevsky. <laughs> yeah? Kulusevsky is going to be our player of the season next season. Well, I'm definitely writing that down. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Well, look, we're getting towards probably the end of the episode now, but I think I speak on behalf of everyone when I say thanks to everybody who has listened, especially those of you who have been listening right from the very start and all of you who have been listening from all over the world. Really is one of the main things keeping us all going. There's a lot of work that goes into this and we're all looking forward to a well-earned break over the summer. We probably will be returning potentially on and off with a few intermediary episodes, maybe in the run-up to the new season, maybe as we make some transfers. There's also been some rumours of a football manager draft tournament between the four of us that might be coming to YouTube at some point in the future. So watch that space. But uh, in all seriousness, thank you to everyone who's listened. And for one last time this season, go and follow us on Twitter. We are at Plus Dave Podcast. There's a lot of stuff on there, including retweets of Elio being liked by Mickey Hazard and Coity. <laughs> and also email us at plusdavepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys. Thank you for sticking through week in, week out. Most of you have been here more often than not. Elio's made every single week, which is fantastic. And I hope we can all group together and carry on next season. But any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we call time on 21-22 and the inaugural Plus Dave season? Has anybody seen how fat Prince Nassim Hamed has got? <laughs> I'm so glad he's you're paying attention, Elio. He is gigantic. I can't believe this is new news to you. You've been that big for ages. I, I have. To answer your question, I have seen, yeah. Bloody hey, hell. if you were a prince, you'd be big. Elio, you've mentioned on more than one occasion that you need to dial back on the fat shaming, so I feel like it's appropriate that you've ended the season <laughs> with fat shaming. He thought he'd get one last one in yeah. before he starts a clean slate next season. Dags, I think a big thanks needs to go to you, mate, because you've put more work into this than anyone in here, and I especially include myself. <laughs> but your hosting duties, that, I mean, you, I don't, listeners won't realise this, but you literally spend like all nighters doing editing to get it out as soon as possible after the games. So, uh, yeah, without you, this just. This would have gone nowhere. Absolutely, fast. seconded so, on that. And yeah. cue that. Say if there are any tech savvy listeners <laughs> who are massive Spurs fans and massive Plus Dave podcast fans out there mm. who would love to edit our show for free, <laughs> then please, please, please contact us to alleviate Daggett and perhaps save his um, job, his relationship, and uh, his general sanity. <laughs> Incredible assist there, Joe, for Elio's request for free work. <laughs> this, this wasn't even planned. I, I have nothing more to teach you guys. I'm so yeah, proud. Dax, I think you do a really good job too, mate. Thank you. Thank you. And, and the same to all of you. It wouldn't be the same without any of you. Well, that's enough ass kissing for one episode, isn't it? Let's move on. But thank you guys. And thanks to everyone who's listened, as I say. We're going to wrap things up now, but fear not. We should be back next season and maybe a little bit sooner. But until then, for one final time, you stay classy, Spurs fans. Go f*** yourself, Arsenal. And we'll see you next season. Bye.